The Jerusalem Channel is made possible by viewer support. Thanks for watching. The Bible warns us to expect times of trouble. But if we call upon God, He'll deliver us, and He can turn everything around, even overnight. Hello, I'm Christine Darg. In the Bible, we learn that our God is the God of dramatic breakthroughs and startling turnarounds. He can intervene in ways that we never dreamed were possible. I often meditate on a dramatic episode recorded for our benefit in 2 Kings chapter 7. Times were difficult then during a famine, but God suddenly turned the situation completely around overnight. The prophet Elisha prophesied good news that food prices would drop dramatically within 24 hours. Elisha announced the famine is over. The Lord says this time tomorrow food will be plentiful. A handful of meal will cost one shekel and two handfuls of grain a shekel. The market at the city gate, he said, will be buzzing. Well, the king's attendant who stood nearby wasn't schooled in God's miracles, so he replied sarcastically to Elisha, You expect us to believe this? Even if the windows of heaven open, this can't happen. But Elisha replied, You'll see it with your own eyes, but you won't eat a bite of the food. And the word of the Lord was fulfilled to the letter the following day. The king's attendant was stationed at the city gate, but he was trampled to death by a stampede of people rushing to get their hands on the food supply that had been discovered overnight. You see, God can change a situation overnight. Think of the times that Moses interceded before God and saved his entire nation. Through their fasting prayers, Esther and her handmaidens saved the Jews living in Persia. Often, Jesus said, we have not simply because we ask not and because we don't prevail with God in prayer like Jacob did when he wrestled till daybreak with the angel. Well, in the days of King Hezekiah, there was a day of trouble, but Hezekiah knew how to pray his way out of it. He knew how to lay his case before the Almighty. And God dramatically intervened. It's time once again to appeal directly to heaven. In a day of trouble, the best strategy is always to appeal to heaven to turn things around. And believers in the early history of America certainly understood this. A symbol of their faith was the tree flag, also known as the appeal to heaven flag. This flag was flown during the American Revolution as a symbol of colonial resistance. And the prophets in the Bible certainly knew the power of appealing directly to heaven. Just like today, in the days of King Hezekiah, it was a day of trouble for Judah and potential perils. King Hezekiah was indignant at the arrogant blasphemies and threats 
from the Assyrian king, which were spoken primarily against the God of Israel. Starting at verse 1 of Isaiah 37, when King Hezekiah heard the Assyrian threats, he tore his clothes in grief and covered himself with sackcloth. Then he went into the house of the Lord. He knew exactly where his help came from. He also alerted his powerful prayer partner, the prophet Isaiah, whose faith was infectious. A prayer partner is one of the greatest gifts from God in this life. When you stand in agreement with a prayer partner, you can turn things around. And Hezekiah understood the power of agreement in prayer, a principle that Jesus himself taught in the New Testament. Hezekiah sent messengers dressed in sackcloth to Isaiah, saying, This day is a day of trouble, a day of rebuke, and of blasphemy, for the children are come to the birth, and there's not enough strength to deliver. But King Hezekiah also added that he believed the Lord would intervene. His dilemma is also ours today. And Hezekiah and Isaiah teach us how to behave and how to remain calm under intense pressure. So Isaiah sent the king this reply. Thus saith the Lord, don't be afraid of the blasphemy you've heard. Listen. I'm going to intervene to make Sennacherib return to his own country. He'll return to Assyria with his tail tucked between his legs. That's my loose translation. But God also said Sennacherib will be cut down by the sword. You see, it's very dangerous to put wicked threats and blasphemies into writing. But Sennacherib, the king of Syria, was arrogant and careless. So now he put his threats and his taunts into a letter that was delivered to King Hezekiah. Well, we wince, don't we, when we hear profane talk, but when people put their profanity into writing, they magnify their folly, and even more so today because of the internet. Many people have lost their reputations and livelihoods due to a careless or vicious tweet on Twitter or a comment on Facebook. I'm actually shocked by some of the things that people are willing to put into writing on the internet. And Sennacherib wrote, Don't let the God you depend on deceive you when he says, Jerusalem will not be given into the hands of the king of Assyria. He wrote, Surely you know how we've completely destroyed other countries. The gods of those nations were helpless against our might, and your God cannot deliver you. Well, no doubt the letter jolted Hezekiah, but thankfully not his faith in God. He wasn't paralyzed with fear. Instead, he had the presence of mind to go into the temple and spread out the offensive letter before the Lord. I absolutely love that. His action is very instructive to us. Each one of us who walks before the Lord with a clean conscience should learn to imitate Hezekiah in this matter. He appealed directly to heaven. He showed the menacing letter to God. And it's our privilege to do the same whenever we're harassed by the enemy. 
How are you going to handle a threatening letter in the post, a lawsuit, an ungodly financial demand, a devastating and hurtful communication? Do like Hezekiah did, spread the matter before the Lord. He already sees everything anyway, but when you show it to him, you demonstrate that you believe he will personally answer the communication. Hezekiah's action of spreading the insolent letter before the Lord was an act of faith. And that's exactly what Philippians 4, 6 tells us to do. Paul instructs us in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, make our requests known unto God. With thanksgiving, because gratitude demonstrates to God our assurance that he'll fix it. God is our main confidant. And through Jesus, we have access to God. You and I have a powerful name to call upon, the name of Jesus. He's our advocate in heaven, and we should discuss anything and everything with him. Rather than trying to plot our own deliverance and then asking God to sanction our schemes, it's best to do what Hezekiah did. First, we humble ourselves in God's sight like he did. That's the meaning of the sackcloth, and then we spread the matter before the Lord for his action and vindication if necessary. So now let's examine Hezekiah's beautiful and powerful prayer in Isaiah 37, starting with verse 16. He cried out, Lord Almighty, the God of Israel, enthroned between the cherubim, you alone are God over all the kingdoms of the earth. You have made heaven and earth. This prayer was an acknowledgement of the Almighty as not just some inferior regional God like the God of Assyria, but he indeed is the God of heaven's angelic armies. Hezekiah's ancestor, King David, had made a similar appeal in Psalm 80. David implored, give ear, O shepherd of Israel, you who dwell between the cherubim. Shine forth, stir up your strength, and come to save us. Likewise, Hezekiah prayed, You are God, you alone of all the kingdoms of the earth. You see, the God of Israel is in a class all by himself. Because he is God, all others are demon pretenders. And as a matter of fact, in the prophesied coming Ezekiel war that's described in detail in Ezekiel chapters 38 and 39, the world will know when various countries try to invade regathered Israel in the future that the God of Israel is the God of the whole earth and the desert principality behind the invaders will be miraculously defeated. And Hezekiah went straight to the point in verse 20. He prayed, now, Lord, our God, deliver us. Why? And this is the key. Deliver us from the hand of the king of Assyria so that all the kingdoms of the earth may know that you, Lord, are the only God. Amen. You see, the most powerful prayers are like that, pleading for God to be glorified. And it was a short, simple, and brief prayer. Just save us. The Jesus prayer is the simplest and most effective prayer in the world. 
It goes, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. Sometimes the knowledge of God can only be spread by the overthrow of some great political power or by the removal of an evil empire. And so what happened to Hezekiah and Judah? How was the Assyrian threat eliminated overnight? Well, it's one of the great miracles of the Bible. And quite frankly, I don't think this miracle is studied and preached often enough. It was a great turnaround and should greatly inspire our faith. Isaiah 37, 36 tells us what happened. Then the angel of the Lord went out and put to death 185,000 Assyrians overnight in their camp. And when the people got up the next morning, behold, there were all of the dead bodies. So this was a major supernatural demonstration of whose God is really God. The Assyrians' defeat was totally supernatural, in the night, without a sound. And Judah didn't have to fight. The angel of the Lord did all of the fighting. And it was a big-time humiliation for the king of Assyria. In fact, it was the decline of the great Assyrian power. Sennacherib was forced to withdraw. He returned to Nineveh, and while worshiping in the temple of his pagan god, he was struck down and murdered. Sennacherib's idol couldn't save him. But now I want us to comprehend that this great turnaround and defeat of the Assyrian army was brought about because a man humbled himself, because he put on sackcloth, went into the temple of God and spread out his case before the Lord. In Isaiah 37, 21, the prophet Isaiah said to King Hezekiah, this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says, because you prayed about King Sennacherib of Assyria, the Lord has spoken this word against him. Please catch that. God said it's because Hezekiah prayed. So from this, we learn how much stock God puts in prayer. As we study this word, we discover that prayer is our most powerful and effective weapon. Why don't we resort to prayer more often? In Isaiah 37, 29, God said to Sennacherib, Your insolence has reached my ears, and I will put my hook in your nose and my bit in your mouth and I will make you return by the way you came. And I find it infinitely fascinating that the Lord uses the same language regarding the future invasion of Israel in the upcoming Ezekiel war that's yet to play out in the Middle East. Let's consider Ezekiel 38.4, because in that verse, God says he's going to put hooks in the jaws of Israel's enemies and lead them to be defeated upon the mountains of Israel. Well, today it's a time of crisis for Israel and for many of our Western nations, just as it was a time of crisis for Judah and Hezekiah. We have many enemies without and within. Hezekiah described it as a day of disgrace, but it ought to be described as a day of prayer. If we have the faith 
we can believe God for great turnarounds. And intercession is the privilege of all true believers. Hezekiah called upon Isaiah to rise to the challenge of prophetic intercession. So during such times, an intercessor like Abraham will arise. A Samuel, a Moses, a Joshua, a Jeremiah, Isaiah, a David, a Deborah, our Lord Jesus himself, the Apostle Paul. God grants great intercessors great power in prayer. I learned this in prayer meetings in Jerusalem under the influence of many strong mentors. Let's face it, some men and women have highly developed prayer lives. They obtain definite answers. And so, like Hezekiah and Isaiah, we naturally gravitate towards intercessors who have proven track records with God. Daniel was such a person. He prayed with his window open towards Jerusalem. And the book of Job ends with Job making intercession for God to have mercy upon Job's misguided friends. And when we pray like Paul, there's no formal liturgy. You hear the voice of an intercessor in Paul's prayers. Well, during times of national calamities, we must spread out the threats of our enemies before the Lord in prayer and supplication. A lot of people are stocking up on food, water, and supplies for potential crises. But it's even more important to be well prepared in how to pray during the days ahead, to know how to get a hold of God for definite answers. As the king and the prophet came into agreement in prayer, the day of trouble was removed. We can rejoice that Hezekiah and Isaiah received one of the most supernatural answers to prayer in the entire Bible. From them we learn that prayer can turn a dangerous situation around. Hezekiah didn't waste time returning insults for insults, but instead he wisely cast all of his care upon God. In true Eastern fashion, he tore his royal garments and put on sackcloth. That's a picture of 1 Peter 5, 6, which tells us to humble yourselves beneath the mighty hand of God, and in due time he will exalt you. Hezekiah could have prayed at home in his palace, but he made the extra effort to go to the place of consecration into the house of God. We all need a consecrated place where we meet regularly with God. Hezekiah's action brings to mind the words of Psalm 73. The psalmist was deeply troubled by the prosperity of the wicked. He couldn't understand until he went into the sanctuary of God. And in God's presence, the psalmist understood the final destiny of the wicked, that indeed they walk on slippery ground. Suddenly they're destroyed and swept away. So let's learn to pour out our hearts before the Lord like a child confides in the tender heart of its mother or a benevolent daddy. What about you? Are you going through a day of distress? Take a lesson from Hezekiah. He spread the matter before God. But he also leaned upon his prophetic intercessor, the prophet Isaiah. Get a hold of a faithful prayer partner in your life. 
They're worth more than gold, and their friendship should be cultivated far above any other. They're the ones who'll stand by you when real prayer is necessary. One of my most faithful prayer partners says, We've been through many things before, and God will see us through this as well. That's because a genuine intercessor is not thrown by circumstances. They have a firmer faith in God than most people. That's because an intercessor is thoroughly familiar with the ways of God. Genuine intercessors don't cower with fear, but see every situation with the eyes of faith and courage. This whole incident in the history of Judah and in the prayer life of King Hezekiah teaches us many principles in prayer and the vital importance of a godly prayer partner. And it also teaches us the necessity for leaders to rely upon genuine men and women of God as their counselors. When you see a national leader have pastors counseling them, that's a good sign. Hezekiah took the prophet Isaiah into his confidence, and as a result, Isaiah sent a comforting prophetic word that Hezekiah's cry for deliverance was heard by God. There would be no siege of Jerusalem. God told Isaiah, I will defend this city to save it for my own sake. Isaiah was therefore calm and undisturbed in the face of Sennacherib's threats. Isaiah's bold spirit helped to sustain Hezekiah's spirit. You see, a true intercessor is calm, steady, and assured that God is on the throne. Isaiah prophesied to Hezekiah, Thus says the Lord, don't be afraid of the words that you've heard. And that's a whole sermon just in one sentence. Don't be afraid of words. We often suffer through unkind whispers and malicious words. However, as the great Bible commentator Matthew Henry once wrote, we have no reason to be afraid of those who've made God their enemy, for they are marked for ruin. And though they may hiss, they cannot hurt. God says, don't fear them. And if your character is slandered, God can bring forth your righteousness as the light and your vindication as the noonday. If your influence is momentarily injured, be assured that eventually malicious persons will reveal their true character. They can't hide it forever. The great lesson is not to be afraid of the wickedness of the wicked and not to make a big deal of their words. We mustn't magnify their threats. Many vicious words die when they receive no reply. The best thing to do is to forward their words to God and let Him reply. Because King Hezekiah refused to believe his enemies' lies and threats, his day of trouble turned into a miraculous night of deliverance. But suppose he'd believed the lies and the threats, which were, after all, credible, humanly speaking. Suppose he hadn't prayed. Suppose he'd neglected to appeal to heaven. But hallelujah, God said, because you prayed, I'm going to deliver you. So now let's examine the methods of Satan in Hezekiah's day of trouble because we can learn from this also. In Isaiah 37.10, the king's enemy said arrogantly to Hezekiah, 
don't let your God in whom you trust deceive you. Now, doesn't that sound just like the devil? That's his satanic advice. Don't let your God in whom you trust deceive you. Satan used the same ploy in the Garden of Eden when he sided up to Eve and insinuated, Hath God said? You see, the devil implied that Eve couldn't trust the words of the Lord. That was satanic slander back in the beginning. And now, here in Judah, another libel against the Lord came through the threats of the Assyrian king. Yet, King Hezekiah's instinct was to trust God. And shouldn't our natural reflect as born-again believers always be to trust God, no matter what we see or hear? After all, we don't walk by sight, we walk by faith. He's all-powerful, omniscient, omnipotent, and omnipresent. He's a covenant keeper. He's altogether faithful, and we can surely trust Him. If your day of trouble is one of sickness and disease, Satan's advice is, don't let your God in whom you trust deceive you. But Jesus said, Satan was a liar and a murderer from the beginning. Therefore, trust God. Whose report are we going to believe? We will believe the report of the Lord. Amen. Well, Hezekiah's act of spreading the letter before the Lord was a prayer in action. The first time I studied this Bible episode many years ago, his action greatly impacted my spirit. When usurpers and overbearing enemies of the gospel attack your ministry, your family, your business, don't be frightened by their threats. And you don't even have to reply unless it's a truly loving evangelical appeal for them to repent. But if we live in fellowship with God, we'll find ourselves in His house, making our appeals to heaven, not to men. And God will honor our faith. Hezekiah went to the house of the Lord and found the Lord to be a very present help in trouble. But the king of Assyria was slain in the house of his God. Two pictures of two worshipers with two very different fates. O Israel, trust in the Lord. He is our help and shield. In this powerful Bible episode in Isaiah 37, we learn what to do with troubles and difficulties. Hezekiah knew God was ultimately his only help. His prayer was the effectual prayer of a righteous man, which avails much. The Assyrian army was defeated overnight. And this should teach us how vast and how great are the interventions of God on behalf of a child of his who dares to pray, believing prayer. I hope you can see that. And may we never doubt his abilities again. Your situation can change overnight. Never forget that. Well, we can stay in touch via the social media so I can add my faith to yours for a great turnaround in your situation. You can also contact us through our website at exploits.tv where we have a whole range of videos and articles to help you in your spiritual walk. And now we also invite you to download our free Jerusalem Channel app 
from your favorite app store. This will enable you to watch our videos on your mobile phones or tablets. Our app also offers a daily Bible reading program. And so until next time, always contending for the faith, watching on the walls of Jerusalem and praying earnestly for the peace of Jerusalem. I'm Christine Dark. Maranatha and Shalom.